So we're in the radio main studio here at WGCU, yeah. which is not something we've ever done in the podcast before. No. Uh, I just wanted to let everybody know that we spent very few minutes before the show ensuring that we were not broadcasting to the radio <laughs> listening audience, which we're not. Um, but I also want to say, you know, the only time I've ever sat in this chair to talk into this microphone was to give out the number. one 9428 And even though Pledge Drive doesn't start till tomorrow... Um, you can call that number. Yeah, or last week. At any future point. People, yeah, right? future like, people. Oh, yeah. Well, but, you know. Um, or you can go to the website and click the donate button, or you can go to the app, and it's WGCU. just... It's something that we all <laughs> believe in, and it's why we get to do this show. And neither of them knew I was going to do this. No, but it's a good thing. This is a pledge drive. It just happened. Now on with the show. Okay. Hey, guys. Hey. Hi. So we're still here. It's been three years. Three years. Unbelievable already. to yeah. think. 156 episodes. <laughs> or this is the, you know. Um, I'm so happy that we're still doing this because it's getting better and better, I feel like, every year. I sure hope it is. Yeah. I, I just couldn't believe it's three years already. Yeah. Because it, it does feel a little longer, but at the same time, I remember doing the first. Mm. Your, well, getting ready for yours, but then getting Lydia in studio mm-hmm. and ha- figuring out, well, what are we going to do? And, well, I don't know. How do we want this to look? And the picture aesthetic and the things we stuck with and changed. And, you know, it's, it's a lot. It's cool. I, I can Thank really, you all for sticking with us. I can yeah. really clearly remember, you know, at first it was this weird novel thing. And then after maybe, I don't know, 10 or 12 episodes, which seemed like a lot, mm-hmm. I started thinking like, well, I'm getting used to this. Like we came up with an idea and we decided to start making it and I'm actually getting used to it. And mm. that was, you know, a hundred and 42 episodes. And people don't hate it. And now it's just, and people don't hate it. Well, we didn't really know that yet. Right. And um, and now here we are, you know, three years in and moving on to year four. And we just, we know what we're doing. We make it up as we go and wherever those things meet. And it's awesome. I love the convoluted nature of that. We know what we're doing. We make it up as yeah. we go. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that explains it. it. Really yeah, that velocity captures problem the, solving. I didn't try to say it that way. I just wound up saying it that way. Wow. 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 Um, all right. What a year. <laughs> Right. This is you mean just in general. Yeah. Yeah. This is the pandemic year for the show. Someday we're going to look. Someday we're going to look back. Yeah. Exactly. This is like season three of the show was the pandemic arc. Yeah. Hopefully it's not season four too. And how easily Uh, we adapted too. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to kind of start with is like um, you know behind the scenes for the show. I know people love behind the scenes stuff. Um, We did not continue to produce the show the same way that we always produced it because we used to be able to get in the room with the guest up close and personal like. in fact, the selfies for the first two years of the show, like we were all up on top of each other, Sweet. like in a huddle. Seems crazy. It now. seems like an insane idea. And so to you know um, to keep the show going um, and and try to interrupt it as little as possible, which was zero. We never missed a week. Um, we had to bring guests in and give them their own room, which is the room we always you know were. They in got to them. sit in the host. They got chair. to sit in Mike's yeah. chair. And then and then we would go into the control room and space ourselves apart. And Mike basically ran the board while he I would did the interview. Richard's he sat chair. in my chair. So it felt said, very much like running a spaceship. I was flying a yeah. spaceship, talking and pushing buttons. Yeah, which is no small feat. And then Tara and I were like support in the yeah, back. Yeah, like, that was the cool part, though. It, because we were right behind Mike, you yeah. could easily kind of like tap him on the shoulder. It made or, the show more interactive. Or we, so. Yeah, or we could say, you know, he'd pop the mic down or we would just turn him his mic off and say, hey, Mike, this, this, this. Or, oh, well, we have a good follow-up. It was just we were also able to, I, 
to speak with each other easier. So that's probably something we'll continue to do. Yeah. I like yeah, how I that works. So. Yeah. So, um, so what I wanted to know first from each of you, um, and I'll start with you, Mike, is uh, unless you've already said it in that little bit, what? Uh, how did COVID change the show this year for you the most? Like the way we make it? And all well, stuff. I kind of just alluded to it, but yeah. I'll follow up. It, it, we know we ask people when they come in for Gulf Coast Life if they're artists. You know, has the pandemic put you into any corners that created new ideas for opportunity for creativity? And that's what it did. Like we just sort of explained. Mm-hmm. That, <clears throat> excuse me, that um, um, by doing it that way, it changed the nature of the show in a way that worked out to the best. So, yeah, the pandemic kind of pushed us into new territory. And real quick, while I have the mic, I just wanted to mention that, too, we were so proactive with the show that when the pandemic hit, we had nine episodes recorded that were ready to go. So yeah. we were able to go the first two months plus releasing new content before we even had to start thinking about using the new model. Yeah, which really helped because it meant that like in those first, you know, two months when people really weren't sure if they were going to leave their house at all, that we didn't have to try to convince guests like to yep. come in and like, you know, can you can you do this? Like, would you be willing to? We we didn't have to kind of stress too much about it on day one. We just kind of floated it to some people. The three of us are always very prepared individually. So yeah. when we come together and work together, it was always very understood that we wanted X amount in the can. We mm-hmm. want at least three. We want at least four. We want five. We've you know. only got two right now. What? Yeah. What We're building. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah. We're building, though. We had zero a few weeks ago. But we always, you know, and we always have, um, thankfully, we ask guests now, three recommendations, please. And yeah. get, our Amway get, scheme. Yeah, exactly. Which so is, we've, you know, we we thankfully don't have people, we're not running out of anyone. That's the other thing I want to brag about is like, it was recently, like I feel like in yeah. the last month, not only have those asks at the end, they've always yielded some here and there, but for the last few guests, I've noticed that like, I'm, I'm seeing emails coming from oh, people yeah. who are like, people hey, on the this, other person end. Said, this person said, can oh. I come on? Can I come on? Or, yeah. or the guest um, like, you know, the next day after they after they come in and record, they're sending emails to the people they named with us attached saying like, hey, I said your name on the show. Can you get in contact? And mostly those are yeses. Cody Smith. Yeah. It was a goal for 2020 for him to be on our podcast. So we made that. Happen. Shout out to Cody. Shout out hey, to Cody. Cody. But I think the consistency of our podcast was for me with COVID. That mm-hmm. was the impactful thing of it is it, it was something I knew I could rely on. It was something we did at a consistent rate and level. I knew every Friday we had three song stories. Uh, the recording part was maybe a little bit we weren't sure about, but it was something, I don't know, for me, the podcast almost became more important personally. It was something creative for me to look forward to and to do, mm-hmm. to think about and to just <clears throat> that extra energy in a different way, because I love doing this show. We love, we all talk about this, that we get to do this. We get to make radio and we somehow get to do. Um, so that, yeah, to be mushy about it, honestly, it was, it was, what we do and the inspiration we get from our guests that really just helped me a lot more specifically, especially during coronavirus. Yeah. And I just want to say, you know, those first maybe four, at least five episodes that we did once we started bringing people in, they all that they were that's like this was the first time I've been out of my house for anything. That's true. You just provided me with the best experience I've had in ages. And I couldn't be here. Like Chad Evers oh, was like think, was I think he was the first one. Was and and he was like, dude, I haven't been anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like this is the first place I've come and this has been fantastic. So we got to kind of give back. Is um David was who's the our guitar guy? David Hintz. Yeah, David Hintz. Like he's he mentioned, right? That like it had been oh, literally yeah. from the yeah. beginning. Yep. He hasn't even gone out. Yep. And so he came out to do our show, which is also like, what an honor. He came out to do our show. Yeah, yeah. but a lot of people said that to us. And now he's yeah. like, fixed all our guitars. Dude, yes. David, if you, <laughs> David, if you hear this, my guitar sounds so good. So does Thank mine. You, so, so does much. mine. And my daughter is going to take over the world with that, uh, with that Yamaha. <laughs> all right. Um, so 
standout moments in the host chair. Um, so mine's mine's short, but I'm gonna go first. Um, for me, I'm gonna probably remember year three because of um, because of CJ, um, because I got to finally get him in uh, to come in here. Uh, CJ McFarlane. Um, that is. I should know this off the top of my head, but it's episode 125, and it was a standout moment for me because CJ and I can can talk for a half a day if we are given the the ability to, and so we went I think like two hours and cha- two thirty something like that, and um and I knew that that was going to happen. I I cleared my day for it. You just went fifteen percent of a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we went a hundred and ten percent of or two hundred percent of a show. And so like we I actually ended up doing like a like a bonus edit of the show so that there was like a re- a reasonable amount. <laughs> oh my god. Like it a was normal so long. Yeah. It was so long. I can't it was like a Joe Rogan which, episode. And by it the way, insane. that version was downloaded more than the regular one. Um, if that means anything. We'll but just like, start doing that as a no. <laughs> no, we're just gonna start doing oh it gosh, twice and saying one's extra and it's just the same episode <laughs> yeah. twice. But but like it was really fun having him in um it, it was kind of like this season's luke episode for me like having you know just a buddy that i always hang out with and getting to kind of peel layers off of each other in a casual setting um and so i really appreciated him coming in and doing that and then getting to kind of highlight um babcock ranch and all that stuff up there so that's that was my like host moment was just kind of sitting there with, with cj and talking about it so I, I got to host uh, Ronan, Earth Clan. Yeah. Uh, not only was it the conversation, I didn't know him very well. So uh, Ronan, if you didn't get to listen to episode 131, that was Ronan's episode. Uh, so he's a hip-hop musician, entertainer, uh, artist here locally. Um, and we actually got to listen to cool hip-hop music, which I was very appreciative of. Mm-hmm. I think it was uh, Outkast, N.E.R.D., and Kendrick mm-hmm. Lamar. So mm-hmm. it was nice to get those song stories. <laughs> and I think that we've actually heard a lot of song stories with... Uh, people explaining and exploring their personal histories growing up, but also black history in our area. And we've just had such significant and poignant conversations with so many different guests, coincidentally, this year about the black experience and what it means to be a black person growing up, growing up in here, like where I lived, you know, and hearing Mm -hmm. different stories from different people and getting to shed light on that, getting to express those kinds of experiences, I think, was very impactful and coincidentally so considering um the demonstrations the protest movements that have been ignited um you know over the past what last summer right we're almost coming up on a year pretty yeah. much now and we uh, didn't focus on that in yeah this episode necessarily it's just it just kind of a, it was an accidental theme that happened you know throughout a lot of our episodes but we got to nerd out about nerd out about airbender and avatar mm-hmm. uh and hip-hop and it and was robots just really, on futurama exactly and robots on futurama <laughs> so it was it was a cool episode and a, a really interesting individual with cool introspective um experiences it was nice to get to know him a little bit better yeah mike i'm gonna go with survivor man les stroud yeah this moment during his interview like we did it remotely from oregon so he we could hear him like he was on the phone and he can hear us like he we were on the phone but we recorded both sides and put them together and there was a moment like i don't know 10 minutes in where i remember just looking at you like what the fuck we're talking (laughs) yeah we're talking to this guy that's on tv and has movies and has books and and we you know and he's been on the joe rogan podcast so we kind of rubbed his you know gave gave him a little elbowing about that um you know, he brought up Bigfoot. He brought up. Yes. Bigfoot. I was ready. I was ready to it. pounce with Bigfoot, but I did not. <laughs> was not going to utter the word. But he brought it up, and you know, he's probably our biggest quote unquote get yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a public figure. He has a lot of people who really follow all the things he does. He's doing a TV show with PBS, which is why we got hooked up with him because mm-hmm. our station is one of the stations that are helping make that happen. And uh, yeah, and 
he dove in and was just, you know, it, it gave me um, evidence that we can do this with anybody. Yeah. You know, like, keep going up that ladder, man, because you're just going to come in. You're going to have an experience with us, and it's going to be just like everybody else who's done it. That's I. I wholeheartedly agree. It, was, it felt great. It, well, talking with him, we it was the Monster Mash. And it, I was like, it's a graveyard, <laughs> it a graveyard smash. smash. Yeah. But I just, God, I live for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did we do um, Did we do or try anything uh, new this year that, like, that you really enjoyed or that you want to continue or whatever? I've gotten three pieces of positive feedback about the fact that we changed the lighting in the studio yes. finally. Really? <laughs> I was so like, the way, the way that we don't take a blurry picture of the guests, yeah. uh, I'm glad that we focused on the guests. And I'm going to start using my good camera starting for year four, so you'll, the pictures will get better. Are you going to use a camera camera? Uh, my camera camera. Yeah, okay. I'm going to start yeah. using my camera Tara? camera. Uh, probably engineer and those sound bites and making more of those. Yeah. Um, so... Look out for that. I, I really would like to add to our social media presence more behind the scenes. People love actually seeing us yeah. do weird. You guys love all my weird videos that I make of me throwing magnets at Richard or yep. bursting into Mike's studio. Follow us on Instagram at Three Song Stories and on Facebook at Three Song Stories. Um, you know, it, it's just fun to get to play. Is, is, is Moria, Mo, Moria, Moria Midnight in here? Moria is she in Midnight? here? No, Moria. I thought I just here. heard her. You can follow Moria Midnight there at Moria Midnight on Instagram. Oh, there um, she, oh, she just came her. in the window. <laughs> <laughs> she flew away like a bat. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, the cool, weird stuff I get to do. You guys seem to enjoy our personality, uh, which is nice. And I've leaned into that more. You're, you're kind of not sure, I think, especially within a digital landscape, how to come across or what our voice should be. Mm. So I think... Not that I was clinical ever with that, relaying what we do or how we do it. It was just I, I, I let it be more us now. And we're weird. And y'all enjoy that. You guys are weird. Y'all weird. We're weird. You're weird. And you we dig your, it. You I put your hand so up there. not weird. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You put, you put your Snore. hand up there, Mike? Did you want to? Oh, no. I just also oh. wanted to say that yeah. we started about two or three months ago running on-air promos yeah. on WGCU-FM. So people across Southwest Florida get to hear these fun little promos. Can you pull one up, Richard? Yeah. Pull easy. one up. We have, uh, we have like 25 of them in a rotator now. So you know, like eight times a day, somebody gets to hear the theme song for 30 seconds with some little quirky soundbite from it. Um, Richard's going to play one. I'm yeah, also going to um, be making a TV promo. <laughs> Oh, awesome. Yeah. So which like, is uh, which is great because you know we've been on the air for two and a half years and we hadn't thought to do that. So okay, here we, we go. We did it. I don't know which one this is, so it's gonna be fun. And I used to ski with this song, let's ski? say. Yeah. Like, like, that's not ski? Yeah. Like people would have techno and all that, and I used to have Sharam Nazari in my ear and it would make fun of me. Where Leila. would you have been skiing? In Tehran, okay, let's say. I didn't know they had skiing. Uh, I didn't. No, we I have really camels didn't. by our house. We put our skis on our camels that we go. <laughs> <laughs> Three Song Stories is biography through music. Find us wherever you get your podcasts or at threesongstories.org. <laughs> okay, so yeah, yeah. so we've got so imagine twenty six, yeah, and there'll be fifty of those before. Long. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, so for we me, play around with your sound bites, people. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Be, be ready to be clipped. Um, so for me, it was um, you know. I am reticent to do remote episodes, but I'm really glad that in at least in the pandemic arc, we were super free about it. Um, because while I still do kind of want to do the like mail out a mic to people and let them a, a microphone, not Mike Canary, <laughs> and, <laughs> and have can, them, you can mail. We me. could mail you. Oh um, man, cardboard cutout. I'll, dr- I'll drive. Yes. I'll drive anywhere to do the show. We're gonna talk about that. We've yeah. Talked, yeah. Um, so so you know, I <laughs> while I want to do that, I want to mail you know mics to people so that we can get like a really nice quality recording. Um, just being able to. 
to get people into studios or even from their home and do interviews. Um, Les is a perfect example. We weren't going to pass him up just because he couldn't be here in Florida. but um, Or that his studio couldn't do a direct connection. That it too. Still a, it, was, it was a little bit harder. Hey, yeah. I've ripped so much Zoom audio and used those for pieces of things that we've <laughs> right. used. And they're, they're, it's pretty good. Yeah. Just so, saying. So, you know, we've had so many good interviews this year um, that way. And, of course, there's more hoops to jump through. We have to make sure that they can hear. They've got a way to play the music really well. Um, you know, I don't want them to have to listen to, like, a bad version of the song and then try to, like, mentally drag themselves into that space. Mm. But, but um, yeah, like, the access it's given us to people uh, is, is really valuable for me. So I'm really glad we did that this year. Um, I think it's time for our first songs, and I'm going to go. Uh, I've got my orders. Not that song. <laughs> no, I know. But doesn't it just get stuck um, in your head? Anyone else? Oh, Drop absolutely. us a line. It gets stuck in my head on the regular. <laughs> um, all right, Mike, we're going to start with you. Okay. Do I get to pick which one? <laughs> oh, um, I was no, going gonna... <laughs> to. I just loved it. It's like, no, I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to do uh, Chris Duffus. Yeah. So the very first uh, um, episode of year three mm-hmm. uh, was Chris Duffus, high school friend of mine. He's our executive producer. You hear him in the credits. Uh, we've talked to him. Uh, he's been on the show before, of course, because I'm about to talk about him. But we've talked about him before. He's who kind of gave me, or didn't kind of. He's who gave me the kernel for this yeah. show. Uh, he said, you know, you should bring people in, have them pick three songs that, you know, remind them of something and, you know, use that as the foundation for the interview. So we built off of that. So he's, his episode was one we recorded remotely. Uh, he was at a studio in Washington, D.C. Wasn't really a proper studio, but it worked out. And in his third, or no, his first song was about the song Hallelujah. Um, he, and it was the most, uh, I described earlier to uh, Richard, it was the most breathless storytelling in the podcast. He had, had to really trudge through because he was... So emotional, and I just listened to it before we started this, so I'm kind of going to get emotional just recounting it. But it was his father, <clears throat> who he had spent time with when he, you know, when his parents got divorced. He lived with his dad. His siblings moved away with his mom, so we really got to know his dad well in an individual level, even though he's still in high school. And then they were close through life. And then you know later on, back in 2011, back in 2011, he. Um, I got a call from his stepmom that his dad had a heart attack, and so he called his brother, and they went to the airport, and they were going to fly to Fort Myers. And his phone rang, and it was his stepmom, and he, she said his dad had just passed away. And at that exact instant, Hallelujah, Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen played, and he, we, we had to just go to the song because he, he, he had to really push the ball across the line of that story. And man, I mean, listening to that song through that story and knowing that he, for the rest of his life, whenever he hears that song, he's going to be standing in that airport having that moment. And I will on some level, too, is, you know, that's what we do. And so that's my first song. It's an amazing song. It's an impactful song. It's a powerful song. And it's a song that probably means a lot to a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. But it really exemplifies how you never know when you're going to have a song story. You know, like it could have been Jingle Bell Rock and he probably wouldn't even have noticed the music. But we walk through life and there's every instant might have something that turns into a permanent memory because of music. You know, you say that. I'll explain the concept to people who are unfamiliar with three song stories. They're like, oh, I don't have one. Or, well, I do, but it's not important. And the idea of what is important is so relative to each of our life experiences, isn't it? You know, well, it's not important. Then I think of all my, quote, not important 
song stories, but they're those jovial, silly, amazing moments that make up our life and our experience. So there's never, there's no such thing as a not important song story is what I'm trying to say. They're all very important, whether it's something that has to do with death, whether it has something to do with life or laughter, they're all song stories and they're all very important. Well, Tara, what's your song story? um, Well, the first one I'll choose is from episode 113, Max Hat and Etta Glass, uh, Above the Treetops, was uh, Etta's story uh, that she got to tell. And she explains that when she was in third grade, she had these sort of feelings of almost overwhelming kind of melancholy bittersweet longing that she didn't necessarily understand because being in third grade at the time, she didn't experience anything that would cause her necessarily to feel those feelings. So being third grade and having that wonderful you know, mind as a third grader does, she created um, her own religion called the unicorn religion. And she said, you know, okay, there's three pillars of this unicorn uh, religion, which I thought was really awesome. So the first one was that either like they were all unicorns or unicorns in a past life. Uh, The second thing that it was important for all of those unicorns to find each other. And the third thing was that because they are unicorns, they feel that feeling of longing and that feeling of bittersweet desire because they will become or there's hope that they'll become a unicorn again so that's why you feel that it's that you were this magnificent magical being and you long to be that again because you're now in this kind of form so i i don't know as a little young tara i could definitely feel that you know and 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 being able to understand that sense of longing and that sense of bittersweet yearning for something and emptiness, but not maybe knowing why you feel that way or not understanding why you identify with that was something I personally was able to identify with. But then the quote that gets me uh, is she said, uh, when I'm an adult, I'm going to take a third third graders very seriously because we know we just know, you know, that kids have a deeper kind of understanding of the world than we give them credit for. And that's where this song kind of ties in. She said she heard it as a kid um, above the treetops and that listening to it, she kind of goes on a quest in her own mind and she almost gets that fulfillment to that longing to that sort of sensation so i just loved how she described that and i i kind of felt that you know i'm a, I'm a little weird i mentioned that often <laughs> uh you know I, I adore the strange and unusual the top shelf strange as i like to call it uh and i definitely could relate to that i am so glad you brought that to the table because i was the one she was talking to when she right. was breaking down this religion and i'm thinking this is so weird and i love it <laughs> I so love much it. <laughs> because i I feel like, and you said to remind, you know, that you said you felt like you were a unicorn. I feel like I'm a unicorn. Yeah, yeah. No, I actually told her after the show, she was who we interacted with for the uh, episode. It was a two person episode. And um, I had emailed her that, you know, the, the link to the show. And she said, thank you so much. We really had a great time. And my reply to her ended with, and by the way, I'm totally a unicorn. And she replied back to me, I knew that from the moment I met you. <laughs> <laughs> Etta Glass explains with this particular song, you know, that music allows one to experience longing and suffering without physical pain and almost an alternate way to explore suffering without that physical pain, that music can be that conduit. 
and wow, isn't that just three song stories, you know, in a different kind of a way. Uh, so I appreciated that her song story, it was so much to unpack, you know, talking about the wonders of being a, a kid and having these kind of ex- feelings and not knowing how to express them. So you come up with a unicorn religion and you try to find other unicorns like yourself because we're all just trying to find our place in the world. And I definitely related to that. It it stuck out to me quite well. And I love their. um, So, again, this is episode 113. If you haven't listened, Max Hatton at a glass. It was one of our episodes we did as a duo episode where each person got to pick a song and then they choose their third song is one that's a together song, you know, a song story about the two individuals. Um, But they also performed music at the end, which their performance was so captivating mm. and very interesting. I, I really would love for you to go find that on Spotify or wherever. Episode 113 and listen to that. Uh, even if you speed up to the end, if you if you miss the performance part, you need to listen to it. I agree. All right. Uh, mine was um, kind of harkening back to the earlier part of this episode. Um, so my first song is uh, The uh, the Double Went Down to Georgia by Charlie Daniels Band. Um, and really, it was a, a few times this year, you know, we've had a couple of guests. Um, I think of Michael Pinkney as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, as some as a, as a <clears throat> Chinese-Jamaican dude, uh, most people, when they see me walking around with my headphones, they don't, they don't think, like, metal, probably, like, going on between Like, hardcore ear. music, maybe. Y- yeah, hmm. right? And so um, I've asked a couple of our guests. I, I asked Michael, I think, um, about, you know, the idea of, do you feel ever that like your race or sometimes like your class, like does that, does, does that set you up to, to exclude you from a genre? Even if the people who are fans of that genre wouldn't like, do you feel pressure to, to be into what your peers are into um, in that way, especially if you're a musician. And so um, I had this thought while I was sitting there with CJ about, you know, I've, I've known him for a long time and I had no idea he had this connection to this song. And it is like as as country as you can. This is I mean, this is a song that they play at the laser light show on Stone Mountain <laughs> where there's like a Confederate memorial. Yes. Wall. Like, I mean, it and I've been there because I lived there. And so, like, I, I like that song, but I would never have thought CJ would have had any kind of connection to it. So when it was his first song out of the gates. And how important it was to him and how he still uses it to kind of like push through hard work periods. Um, It really it really struck me um, for the same reason, because you look at CJ, you look at me, you look at Michael and you don't assume Charlie Daniels band. Sure. But like, um, I think that it just spoke to me about kind of the way that like people access music differently. And like Mike said earlier, you never know when you're going to build a song story. Were there any songs uh, from this year that you were introduced to that like stuck with you? You're like, wow, I'm glad I know that song now because I wish I'd known it earlier. Ooh. Yeah, a hundred percent. Well, that I, th- I or like rediscovered. I, I was actually just talking yeah. to you about this. Um, Fei Marodi, and I'll talk about his. Uh, we'll talk about his episode probably a little bit at length. Um, he made me rediscover my love of Fleetwood Max Tusk mm. and how amazing mm. that song is. And I think whenever I that's probably, in my opinion, the best Fleetwood Mac song. And a lot of people like to choose other Ooh, songs. A strong statement. Uh, Tusk is such a good It is song. very good, yeah. Are you kidding me? The whole everybody's in on that song. But I, I, it's more, I'm trying to think if there's a, something I completely, my love of Chicago, specifically. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, 25. 25 or 64, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So um, it was more for me not finding new songs or it's rediscovering my love of old songs. I'm sure I'll think of something else. Sure. Um, so, uh, I did not, I do not listen to a lot of Bon Jovi. Oh yeah, me either. But 
when December brought Last Cigarette for that first song. Like, I got, it got me out I of remember, my chair. I remember, yep. And when I was editing it down for the show, like, I I was falling in love with that song. I think, I think I'm think i a Bon Jovi fan. I saw your eyes like, light up when we were listening to that song. Because you were like, is this Bon Jovi? I was like, I, asking, I, is this Bon Jovi? I thought it was maybe a, maybe a cover of some <laughs> other song. Like, it was it was really great. I like that song. I love um, that. And so, it's on my phone now. <laughs> so, uh, thank you, December, because that really hit me. Uh, Chris Gaines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chris Gaines. Oh, do I, get I to... can't get enough of Chris Gaines. He was an emo rocker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, I get to tell it. Okay. Garth, yeah, Garth no. Brooks spent a period of his it's life. Really, all Rich I do is listen to Chris Gaines. Because no one knows and I don't know why. Why? I thought everyone, see, I thought everyone yeah. knew it too. Like you. I'm like, what do you mean his goth, yeah. goth Brooks? Garth, goth it's Brooks. Garth Brooks, <laughs> y'all. Brooks. Yeah. I'm Googling that. Goth Brooks. So he, uh, Garth Brooks spent a period of, of his career um, as a lead up to a movie where he was going to play a uh, like a goth uh, musician um they wanted to make like a fake documentary his and hair so was terribly dyed black it was super it was so 100 black like late 90s yeah all black cowboy hat and yeah stuff. i like the i'm the mascara yeah so um so uh they released like an album and he recorded music videos and this was all like if to to exist in this parallel universe where he was a real person, right? And there was no fourth wall breaking, like like you couldn't find the connection. It wasn't like Garth Brooks to star in movie named Chris Gaines. Nope. It was Chris Gaines. It was a person. He was that person when he was Chris Gaines. He like Garth yeah. Brooks didn't exist to it didn't him. Didn't exist. Yeah, and then and then the uh, like the funding or whatever like method mo- acting the, dude. The mov- yeah, <laughs> the, the the movie fell through, and so they were like, oh, we have all this stuff, but like. It's terrible. <laughs> and so so they just like they they me. hit it like they covered it up. And you have to really dig on the Internet it to find like a lot me. of content. I love it's it there. Um, you got to go to YouTube. Yeah. OK, here we go. Um, uh, look up Goth Brooks. Oh, okay. good. I'm glad it does exist. It's a band. Oh. <laughs> their Facebook page has 7000 likes. Nice. So it kind of gives you an idea of their scale. Um, it's uh, it's three guys. It's like a, a sort of gangster looking hip hop yeah. guy holding a beer up Please to the camera. It's a it's a country and Western guy with an old hat like he's been on a horse and it's a guy that looks like Ozzy Osbourne with his face painted like uh, like Kiss. Come here, Tara. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, he has corpse paint so play, on. That's called corpse paint. Yeah, we're going to play us a little here. goth brooks here. Mike, okay. that's called corpse paint. We go paint. where we go on this show. All right. Some... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so here for this. Yes. Yeah. What? Did it just do that? Until, okay. That's, that's, the, that's, that's how the it Oh, no. Don't, don't break anything. We're going to get him on this show. Oh, cry, cry, cry. Yeah. The effect he has on his voice is very interesting. At first, I thought it might have been cats or frogs being squeezed. Okay, so this is a... I'm, I'm looking at it just so that people know. Like, this is a black and white video, and it's it's like cry, cry, cry. Spaghetti Western. Spaghetti Western. But then the, here come, colors come in. I I I kind of like this. Tara, come here. You, I, you need to see it, and I can't turn this monitor. He has straight, his corpse paint. Yeah. And then there's a guy in all traditional, like, what? Well, all he, traditional. He's got a red fringe jacket on. And a cowboy, cowboy hat. Yep. Okay. And then I like that the drummer is like, he's got, he's got like the, like the bandana over his head. Like he, yeah, he looks like, I don't uh, hate like the South fact California. That he got rap. his vest at Hot Topic either. I'm not <laughs> hating on that at all. 
Um, but yeah, if you, um, Goth Brooks, please, we would love for you to be on We're three song stories. Yeah. There are three of you, one story each. Uh, I would love for that to happen. And I need Tag to know why this is a thing. So, so, I'm not, I'm not quite done. And the funny thing is, this is, this is a great example of, oh, of how music drives conversation and hopefully something you're still listening to. Um, <laughs> they're like, bye guys. Because my real answer to that question yeah. was no. I mean, I don't really pick up new music very often. I tried to think if there's anything that I've added to my list listening time mm-hmm. from the show. No. The answer is no, because I'm lame, even though I host the show mostly. But I tried to come up with something clever, and Aww. so I thought Chris Gaines, and so suddenly we're freaking watching God Ga- Brooks <laughs> yeah. on YouTube. I'm a fan of this. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is, this. I just realized that it's ba- it's like baby metal, but for country instead of for yeah. J-pop. I, I didn't even know what that <laughs> well, was. There was going to be some rapping at some point. I sure. assume See, we didn't yeah. get that far, but everyone check that out if you'd like to. Get them some more views. kind of like um, AWOL Nation, Nights of Shame. Start commenting on that YouTube video that they should be on three song stories and then we'll, we'll see what happens all right um do the same thing to obama because we always have that joke that we'll get him hit him day. up <laughs> anybody knows him um, hit him up let him know he's the tipping point um <laughs> okay i know the answer to this is yes so uh i'm gonna still read it off my script here my but, face, but like, eh. did any songs or stories make you cry <laughs> so really that's which songs or stories do you want to talk about maybe that made you cry tara cried so much this year didn't she um <laughs> talking about myself in third person i cried so much yeah. i don't know if it was just the year was a lot for on all of us um but this will lead right into my second story um with yeah. kinfei Kin marodi if you don't I, mind i, I go yeah, there let's hit it um I, Kinfei Marodi's episode, he's an award-winning docu- uh, documentary visual journalist. Um, it was wonderful to get to know him. We worked with him at WGCU, a few photo essays, um, you know, about coronavirus and pandemic. Uh, so we've gotten to work with him a little bit on that professional level. And he's just very interesting, such a well-spoken individual that you can tell everything that comes out of his mouth. He thinks about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it reminds me to take pause and think about things before I say them. Um, his episode taught me a lot for some reason listening to it just personally impacted me the entire episode. But very specifically, um, Rhinestone Cowboy, the song story that he tells about that, um, I almost don't feel that I'm qualified to tell his song story, even like give a synopsis of that song story, you know, yeah. because of how it impacted me um so i will give one of you gentlemen the opportunity to explain it before i do if you would like um and then i can add to it only because when i start talking about it i i really actually can't even get through it and it didn't even happen to me so yeah yeah um mike gestured to me so um i i don't want to give away the context of the story i will tell you that um it is it's one of the heavier personal stories that we've ever got from a person um it's immediately accessible kinfei tells it um, masterfully, um, especially because it happened to him, and um, it was not only not only is the story itself harrowing, like moment to moment, but uh, his bravery and willingness to tell that story on our show is not um, not common. He he really, I would say, of all the people who leaned in, uh, Kinfei's up there at the top. Um, his his line in, throughout our episode was like. Cut the vein. Yeah, like mm. if if I'm gonna come here, I'm not. I don't want it to be surface. If I'm gonna cut myself, I'm gonna cut the vein and bleed for the show. And so, uh, he intimated if it's if you need any more selling on downloading his episode, it's 144 to yeah. listen to this story. It's this. Uh, Kinfei wanted to make sure that being here was something that was worthwhile, and so he told us a story 
that he doesn't tell people. And so, you know, sometimes we get to be part of the revelation for people. And he did that. So he explores a very traumatic experience in which he was severely beaten um, by a, a foster type family of the, the father of that family, the man of the household, um, and how the mother tried to intervene and she was badly hurt. Uh, smashed through a table. He had gotten away and ran away uh, on her heed to run, and he fled to the barn. Um, he hid, and in the barn, the radio was still on, and he thought that it was the man coming for him. Yeah. You know, he thought it was him maybe singing, singing it. it. Yeah. And then he realizes it's the radio on in the barn, and he's hiding. Um, like, um, it is a very difficult story. And anytime I hear that, it's haunting to me. It's haunting that that could ever happen to a person, an individual. I've never heard a story of such caliber explained to me in such a, a detailed way, the way that he explains and expresses this and tells the story. I mean, to this day, we recorded this episode when? I, I can't remember, a few uh, months within ago. Within the last year. Right, obviously. <laughs> um, um, but it, it was... November. Right, so yeah. that has stuck with me for months and a I mean, if and now if I ever hear it, I mean, it's completely altered the context of that song for me forever. Yeah, it's not just this silly song that you know, rhinestone cow. Everyone, it, it's a, I mean, it is an experience, and it is like a, it, it causes me to take pause um, and to reflect on those types of experiences and be reminded that those types of experiences are very real, and that experience was racial, racially charged, um, and that hatred is real, uh, and it just is wow. I have no other real words. Like a rhinestone cowboy. So, you know, one of the other um, kind of amazing strengths of for, that we saw in Kinfei was that on the back of this, he talked about how it would be easy to, for that song to only be something that drags him back into like exactly. the, the terror of that moment. But he talked about how, you know, when he was younger, he he held it initially like against the foster mother there for letting like in his mind as a young kid like letting that stuff happen but then as he's gotten older he realized like that she was doing everything she could to protect him in that situation like like she was taking hits she was telling him to run like and he had kind of a softened view of her over time and it was this weird like it was this um, there's a strength in the silver lining that he was able to find that blew me away. Yeah, it was he, more definitely the situation, not me, and her willingness to stand up for him. Yeah, generally, I don't, I don't, I don't remember him ever holding any ill will. But right. the, I definitely please listen to the one thirteen. We can only provide, especially with the way Kinfei tells this story, all of his stories. Uh, I'm doing my best to provide mm. insight and shed light on that particular song story. I needed you to help me. <laughs> I could barely even explain my second story. It's just so impactful. Um, something that I really think that any listener, if you haven't gotten to that episode, that's something you should definitely yeah, and, check out. And as a quick note here, um, you know, we all before this episode, before this recording, we all like coordinated on like, you know, what are the th what are the songs you're going to mm. bring? And I knew that all three of us were going to have this on the, yeah. the options list. And you did and you did and I did because it, it was a seminal moment for us this year. Like it in, completely in the, changes my when I hear that, I can't really hear this song, you know, that's, and I mean, that's a, it just, com 
Wow. No, it's okay. Uh, it's it's hard for me to listen to this song. Yeah, I even asked you. I'm like, okay, we have to listen to this whole thing. <laughs> yes. Um, it's just, it's um, how someone else's memories, how they tell that story to you, how that impacts us as a listener. And the fact that Kinfei was able to share that with us, I was very appreciative of. Appreciative of. It was the first episode in a while where somebody really dove deep, and it reminded mm. us that was you know that was possible. Um, we don't direct how it's going to go. Sometimes they're light, sometimes they're heavy. Early on, we had quite a few that went kind of deep, right? Uh, but it had been a while, so it was a really good reminder that what the power of this show can be. Um, I also want to just give a real quick peek behind the curtain because part of our model is. Um, they send me the names of the songs, and I find versions of them, and they send Richard short summaries of the stories they're going to tell. But I explicitly do not look at those stories because I want to be in that moment. Yeah. yeah. And that was the most intense of those moments. Like, you kind of knew where we were going, uh-huh. and, and I didn't. And the show started off very light because that's how we start off. And I had no idea the first song was going to be that heavy. And so just as a host, it was a growth moment for me, you know? Yeah. I love that. I, it was, I think, for all of us, too. And I know that in this particular interview, the three of us coordinated quite a bit with things we should ask, how we should ask certain things, um, because we wanted to make sure we were being respectful, mm-hmm. paying, being mindful, paying homage in a proper way. Um, and that helps us all grow very significantly. This year, I think the, the kinds of conversations that we've gotten into with our guests have gotten to a very deep point, very poignant and timely point. Again, I keep saying this coincidentally. Um, but that is something that happens with our show often. Yeah. And real quick, um, just so you know how the you know the show had, I, I described it as having a lot of dynamic range at the end, which yeah. was like an inside photography pun joke for, <laughs> for Ken Fay. But it did. I mean, the show went there. But it also, his third song, and I'll just tell a real quick version of the story, was about um, growing up. He was in Chicago. I think it was Chicago. I didn't write that mm-hmm. down. So mm-hmm. Ken Fay, it. Yeah, Chicago, it was, forgive it me. Uh, he had a friend named Chris who worked at a mechanic shop. And Chris let him borrow his car. And when he listened, when he got on the radio, he said, don't change the channel. And it was a radio station he'd never heard before that had like, you know, know billy joel and stuff on it yep. which ken Fay was journey. like what yeah like journey that's where he, that's where he discovered the one and only best singer in the entire universe for all time steve perry <laughs> that's what ken Fay said and um and then then uh, uh, john davis is looking at us um <laughs> hi john davis uh, hi, john but davis. but then uh chris was the guy's name um said you know yeah there's all this great music and then on this day which was March 26, 1986, he said, you know, we got to turn on the radio in the shop. We got to turn it to a different channel because there's this song that's going to be played all over the world. It's going to be played in all the different countries all at once live. And everyone else in the shop was like, screw you. That ain't going to happen. You do not turn turn the channel from the stuff that we listen to. And Chris was like, no. And so they put it on and they listened to We Are the Frickin' World together with everybody in the world. And that was the moment Ken Fay says that he knew that he could be who he wanted to be. Yeah. He didn't have to gauge himself or you know, change himself by his surroundings. He wasn't going to look at himself through the lens of race. He was just going to be who he wanted to be. It was we are the world that really was a live moment on this planet. And he's going to love Journey till the very end. And I we love all it. will. He came with that shirt on, too, and he was just like, yo, <laughs> I love it. Okay, so my second song is, um, you know, and one, of the, one thing I wanted to mention that was different this year, this year exemplified for me the fact that I need to get real glasses that are bifocal. <laughs> oh, my gosh, <laughs> Be great. <laughs> because how many times during the show I was like, pause everybody, I, I have to put my, my glasses, glasses on, on. Uh, which is absolutely true. But wow. uh, I have my glasses on now so I can look at it. It's, um, it's uh, Ohio by Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. It was Woody Hansen. Woody Hansen is fifth generation Florida. His great great grandfather was Manuel A. Gonzalez, who founded the city of Fort Myers. 
or is at least one of the first founding fathers or whatever of the of the city. Um, so Woody's been around for a long time, and he really opened up during the show about how he, I think he described himself as a circuit breaker in his family. Because yeah. while his family were, were good people and they were an upstanding member of the society, you know, we, we swam in a, a sea of racism in this town up till a you know, certain point. And on some level, it's still present today. But in the early days of Fort Myers, that's just how it was. They weren't even really thinking of it through the lens of, well, we shouldn't be this way, or at least I don't think they were. Um, but he talked about how his sister went away and, you know, she opened his mind to ideas of being sort of, um, you know, a liberal progressive thinker when it comes to politics. And in 1968, he was in 10th grade and the Kent State shooting had just happened. And uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young put out this song, Ohio, in less than a month after the shooting happened. It was on the radio. And he remembers the very first moment that he saw it or listened to it, uh, heard it rather. And uh, he said that was the moment where he knew his path in life was going to be to push back, you know, in terms of trying to make the world better through what he thought was the right way to do it, which is, you know, leaning into the civil rights movement and everything right up to this day. And he talked a lot about what was going on. This was during the George Floyd protests when we had him on the show, which we had postponed him for like a year. So it was kind of coincidental. There's that word again. Um, and yeah, he just talked about how powerful this song was and how it changed the very direction of his life uh, and makes him who he is today. And actually who he is today is he's like in his 60s anyway, and he got his PhD, uh, or he's getting his PhD. He's writing a dissertation called Liberal Democracy and Radical Dissent. The central figure is Ramsey Clark, who was the Attorney General of the United States in 67 to 69. And there's an episode of 60 Minutes you can find on the internet. It was the very first ever episode of 60 Minutes, and it was about police brutality and the need to solve the problem. And if you watch it, it's like watching today's headlines. His was another episode um, that went in a place where I think a lot of the stories he was telling us and some of the insights into who he is and how he got there that he was telling us was probably something that a lot of people hadn't been told. I think he opened himself up in a way that was, you know, maybe not unexpected, but um, it took a lot of strength, I think, for him to open up like he did. So, Woody, if you're listening, thank you very much. All right. Um, my second song is um, going to be kind of about connections because um, we had Mark Massaro in for episode 148. Park and, and lot. Park and, and lot. lot. Yeah. <laughs> Boston Mark. <laughs> Boston Mark. Hi, Mark. And we've had a couple of guests this year that are people that I've never known, but like we get 10 minutes in and I'm like, oh, okay, we're buddies. Like, right, like yeah. I didn't know that. Um and uh, Mark was like that, but what really like solidified it for me was in that in that first song, um, which was uh, "God of Wine" by Third Eye Blind. Um, he made me time travel to the to the nineties. Like he, um, so that's when he listened to over and over again. Yeah, that's the one that um, he and his he and his and girlfriend, his girlfriend at the would time, sit in the car. They'd sit in the car and listen to it, and like two other songs, I think, and like they would just repeat just those, them. Yeah. And and um. You know, I said while it was playing, well, I'm going to listen to a bunch of Third Eye Blind today. And that that turned into a week. And then that turned into like a month. And it, it just expanded from like that song to the album, to their discography, to uh, I have now like a station of, of, you know, bands in that era that all sound the way they sound. And it's um, 
it became like like a, a nostalgia bomb that was for him probably just like this like this is a really strong memory and it's you know it's this moment where the, but like for me it it he changed a month for me <laughs> of music <laughs> listening and so um now whenever because i have all those other songs around it now i don't hear it every time i don't pick it to listen to i just put like that mix on but whenever god of wine comes around i'm back here in the booth listening to it going oh man i need to listen to this from yeah. third eye blind thanks mark so inception um, yeah he yeah he incepted me. so i'm sure that for like a lot of people this happens because um the the different guests we have on the show you know span decades many decades uh depending on which guests and so i i think that one of the things that we don't plan on but that i'm really happy happens is that people hear a song that they might not have heard you know since it was popular and then they go oh yeah all that music that i love and here it comes back in so um i'm I'm really glad we get to do that i hope to continue doing that i know that it's going to happen to me again because it's just like the nature of the show um we've had such we always have great music but i i've I've liked seeing some of the new stuff that we've been getting we got some smashing pumpkins you know not too long ago which i always i think we haven't had smashing pumpkins since angela page's episode (laughs) a million years ago uh because she's one of the single digit episodes i think she's number two yeah no she's (laughs) four i can't remember i can't remember um um, okay, so which guests, uh, Tara, did you feel in simpatico with because of that? Oh, uh, dear. Bonus points if you didn't know them really before. Uh, and then, like, you're like, this is a friend. Let me think. Come back to me. Okay, Mike. Um, uh, Mark Bassaro would fall into that category. Yeah. yeah, he seems like, you know, he gets us, we get him. He seems cool. Um, um, you know, a unicorn lady, you know. And <laughs> <laughs> a glass. Uh, Definitely um, Ma- Max and Etta for sure. I felt that kind yeah, of yeah. old soul connection to. Um, but I'm, I'm looking, it's funny because I'm scrolling through. You want a guest list? I have them um, here. I should have printed three of these. Yeah, you should Tori was awesome. Next year. That's next year. Sorry. <laughs> All right, we'll come back to no, that. No, no, I have... no, 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 that's no Tori's this year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, next year I'll print oh, lists geez. for both of you. Uh, Siobhan Chester, uh, her and I, oh, yeah, I feel yeah. like, oh gosh, I oh, could. Oh, yeah, you guys I were dancing get, the geez, same. I and could sing. get giggle fits with her. That's the answer. Forever, yeah. probably. Um, there are a lot of other people. I think Desiree also. Um, but Siobhan and I, I felt like there was a hardcore soul sister bond there. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, and Cody is adorable. Cody as well. Yeah. I describe his episode as, um, you know, Netflix quirky, irreverent. They tell you those little tags <laughs> All those of words, things. Yeah, and but and I usually refer to that in a joking kind of. Um, I guess more making fun of way, but for him, like, no, this is the only instance where this is true and real. And I believe those words for this and they accurately describe him. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, and the, the other one for me would real quick be David yeah. Hintz, who we alluded to earlier. Um, you know, I never had met him before. Um, he went up through the show uh, on the show because of the whole Amway joke thing that I alluded to before. <laughs> yes. Go back to episode whatever to hear that. And um, <laughs> but you know, then we, we we were friends on Facebook, and then he posted something about a guitar, and then I wound up going to his house like five or six times over a couple weeks, and he fixed up some guitars for us, and he you know had a guitar that I got my daughter for Christmas, and you know none of that would have happened if I hadn't felt simpatico with him. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? Like there, I like that. There was something about like we were. I was I was just able to walk into his house that very first time, and it was just 
like we knew each other, you know? I like that. Uh, how much are you guys missing our live show? Yeah. Because <laughs> we didn't get to do one this year. I and it know. really hurt me because I want to do two a year. And so it's, it's Yeah, it we'll do four as yeah. soon as we can. Ooh, we'll, do, you, we'll, do, we'll do a lot of them. Um, See, I love them when yeah. I'm there and doing it, but thinking about it and planning it and like, oh, that's it's, a, I mean, it's a for lot. some reason, yeah. I'm just like, oh, God. So, well, so this is, so here's the, here's the only planning I want from you, But Tara. people love it and they love the videos and the things and the What's, stuff. What's, um, <laughs> Uh, the only amount of planning I want from you is, okay. uh, is there a place or a person or both that you want to do when we're allowed to go out and do that again? Oh, like, is there the one person is the more difficult thing? Because I find that when we express that it's going to be maybe like a live audience or mm. something like that, mm-hmm. uh, they tend to shy away. Like, eek, I don't maybe want to do that. It's a little more daunting. Um, but I'm still going to push for the, uh, Greg and Yovana of Nice Guys. That was my answer. I'm gonna, we're going to do it live <laughs> wow, at Nice Guys. you resonated the table. I know. We already have gone Nice Guys with yeah. Mark Davis's episode, um, but I, I know it's not a new location, but I, I'm, I'm pushing for that to happen. Okay. Yep. My answer is going to be just like yours <laughs> in, in like a million ways. Because, is it Palace? Yeah, well, because well, I was going to answer the same as you, but also, yeah, like I yep. want, I want the, the guys from Palace to do it. Um, I can't remember. Do you know the owner's name again off the top of your head? It's been more than a year since I I've literally been there. just saw them. Uh, oh my gosh, let's read. We'll redo this because I know their names. No, no, yeah, I do. No, we can look well, it up. Know, well, because Naomi popped no into my head immediately. It's Chris and Naomi. Chris and Naomi. Um, yeah. Naomi and Ryan. Yes, it's Ryan. Definitely, definitely Ryan. But I was like, why I, did I, you stare at me? And I went, I just saw them the other day. So I Palace mean, has um, wine tastings on Saturdays oh, where they have free wine tastings. And I went to a Slovenian wine tasting and it was delicious Slovenian lot, wines. Yeah. And, you know, they mask up. They have social distance. Sure. It's pretty awesome. It's nice yeah. that they're doing stuff like that to get people in. I want that very badly. Mike, do you have anybody and any location? Uh, Pipe Dream. Uh, Canadian broadcaster Talia Schlanger. Somewhere in oh, Toronto. We all fly up there. We have uh, Maybe one of us wins the lottery, so we have a travel budget uh-huh. so there's that or talia schlanger could fly here we could all afford a i'm not sure I th- we, we're not allowed to fly there right no now. no after then we wouldn't do these in now the anyway. after times yeah. one way or the other yeah or we can just meet halfway <laughs> i like that one <laughs> like oh, meet halfway. Yeah. um is that an that's another allusion to travel shows which oh yeah uh, and it's not into the future later. one way or another <laughs> yeah okay um, <laughs> um all right um let's do oh uh are there any out-of-the-box things that you're willing to share that you don't have to give it away if you don't want, that you want to try? Like any, any weird stuff or interesting stuff that you've kind of had? I want to get hats. Yeah. Hats. Show hats. Cool. Hats, hats would be cool. Can we get like members-only jackets, the three of us? Like really yes. cool <laughs> jackets? <laughs> that I'm, I'm going to hold my that yes because it was so emphatic. Awesome. We need to find three vintage members-only yeah. jackets and, we'll and have them patches. embroidered with, or patches yeah. with yeah. our logo we'll on them. We'll get sweet patches on them. I like them. that. I think that would be cool. Um, but At I also year four, episode, year four anniversary episode, we're going to be wearing those jackets. How gangbusters is that? The three of us with these cool jackets on? So the thing Walking for around me, campus. I, I like, I like Walking the, around campus. I like the tears of this because like if you've if you've been kind of on and or, or around the show, like we have coasters and magnets that we give to guests, and then like some guests we give T-shirts, mm-hmm. but like the staff, like you, the jackets are staff only. Yes. Um, okay, I like that answer. Um, all right, let's uh, let's pop into uh, the third song, and then we're gonna do just like our show. We're gonna do kind of a speed round, but it's only a couple questions. Okay. So um, okay, I'm gonna do this first, and then we're gonna go Tara, and then we're gonna go you. Um, so um, sounds good. Wow, sounds good to me. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, so I want to make sure I get the number right. Um, 
so I need to do this. Um, John Michaels, uh, one of our remote guests, yeah. um, uh, Grammy winner, uh, singer songwriter, all around funny guy. He's got the dog with the button. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, John Michaels was episode one forty nine. And um, his third song was Harry Chapin's uh, The Mayor of Candor Lied. Yes. And I am a sucker for story songs as well as song stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like uh, that. I really like I, I got to suggest to him the raconteurs um, Carolina drama, which is like the same kind of song. And afterwards, he emailed me back and he was like, I listened to that. It was amazing. Can you tell me what it means? Like we talked about it. Um, and so... Uh, you know, this is a song I like Harry Chapin. Uh, you know, he—that's how he writes anyway. Um, I—I I, I wasn't sure if I'd heard this before. I don't think I had. Um, I definitely, if I hear the song again, I'm, it's gonna be John Michaels in my head. Like this is not just a song now. Um, so it's a really amazing story. It's a really fun way to way to do a story. And if you haven't heard it before, uh, this is the Mayor of Canderlide by Harry Chapin. Go listen to it, or I guess go listen to it right here. <laughs> the Mayor of Canderlide. And he offered me his only daughter And the mayor of Canada tried To take her off across the water What a thing to do To a young man in love And what a thing to do To your daughter Alright, listen I do the edits on these songs I promise you that what you just heard is not enough you need, it's not even the cliff notes. It's not even the cliff notes. It's like the. It's like you get a. You get a sense of the song. It's you get a feel. A skim. I feel. I feel like I maybe gave away a little bit of it. So like, but you should listen to the whole thing. Like it's. It's worth the listen. I think it's like five minutes. Do it. Go. Go listen. And then come back. No. Listen after. <laughs> Keep stay with us. Um, all right, Tara, your your last song for this year's roundup. Marty. <laughs> Why does this make me laugh when I because just said we, that? We just talked about, <laughs> we talked about it. <laughs> it's because I'm going to mess it up again. Cool. Uh, okay. I'm trying to laugh. I'm so sorry. It's. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait. Oh, do you Mike. To, do you want me to say it? No, Take, no, no. Mike, t- teacher, teacher uh, uh, Ryan Warner's trick. Uh, what does he say to get into a serious face when he's laughing? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm having like a fit. Yeah. Oh, oh, to get serious. Okay, yeah. ready? Dead puppies, dead, dead puppies, puppies, dead puppies. Dead puppies, oh, dead puppies. <laughs> horrible dead puppies. All over the road, dead puppies. It's so sad, dead puppies. Yeah, see, now you won't go though. Oh, dead puppies. Okay. Episode. <laughs> nah. All right, no. But my third song now is... Now she's ep- reached cat superhero Fudge. territory. <laughs> uh, episode 108, Marty Bourgeois. Yeah. Uh, bourgeois. 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 Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just bourgeois. Marty Bourgeois. So Marty is a professor of psychology at GCU, but he also owns Beach Records, which I absolutely love. Beach Records, the local uh, record store. Um, it's, you know, local record stores and record shops, I feel like, are a dying breed, and we need to support them. So... Uh, Love that place. But anyway, his song that he, uh, it's pro- probably was one of my favorite new songs. So when we talk about new songs, I should have just mentioned this, but probably because it was my song story, I didn't think about it. Uh, Shave Them Dry, performed by Lucille Bogan, and it was recorded in 1924. So what he explains in his song story is that his wife, Anna, was getting her master's and focusing on women's blues lyrics. She was noticing that she couldn't find 
any really women's blues music at least readily available. So she was going to do her uh, thesis on anthologies of women's blues lyrics, and they found this particular song. Uh, can I read some of the lyrics? Uh, you'll probably bleep it, obviously, but I'm going to read. I'm going to read some of the lyrics. We'll hear it. Interpretive read. You know, give it a little something. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like that game well, better. Just what I chose. Oh, wait, uh, put euphemisms in for the words, and let's see what let's see oh, what you come up with. Well, the way I mean, I don't the way that she does the song is so great. But it's uh-huh. my back is made of whalebone, and my c- is made of brass, and my f- is made for working men two dollars. Great God, round to kiss my ass. Ooh, daddy, shave them dry. Now yeah. this song is. Ex- Extremely explicit. So now think about a woman recording the song in the early 1920s. Um, The fun thing that, you know, Marty talks about, they would have listening parties for these songs to make sure that they were getting the lyrics correct. So they'd listen to songs over and over and over again. And this particular one at a listening party had everyone stopping going, did she just say, am I is made of brass, you know, yeah. so different things like that. Uh, and they were trying to decipher brass those. Rooster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, it's just a lot of replays with yeah. the guests uh, to the song. But damn, if that is not an empowering female song talking about her womanhood being so amazing about how the actual female orgasm experience, which is very rare, uh, especially in early anything. You hood, don't talk about it in songs, certainly. T- females and women, we don't necessarily, or we did not get to talk about female pleasure, pleasure and sexual, and wanting to be sexual and having that kind of sexuality and owning your sexuality. So me hearing this song yeah. and listening to the entirety of the song, because I found it in our you know, our folder listen yeah. to the whole thing. Oh man, yeah. how empowering was that? And in the twenties, and she didn't give a flying f- when she performs the song too. So yeah, well, that's well, the, and the thing about it that that drew my brain to it was that like there's there are songs that are like that are in that in that um, theme mm. from the era, but everything has to be. Uh, a euphemism, sure. Like, the, like they, it's it's not super veiled, right? Like, I like give me meat, right? I yep. want meat, and that song is about sex. And it, at no point are you like, I wonder if she's hungry. Like, like <laughs> this is definitely a song about sex, but but you can't say it, right? And this song is like, no. No, the whole thing. Front to, what's the first line in the song, Tara? Uh, I don't have the first. That's not the first line. Oh, I gra- actually first, grabbed like a, the a first part line. Of it, the first line goes, I got big old nipples on yeah, my titties. I got bi- yeah, <laughs> nipples as big as thumbs is what she yeah. actually says. Let's listen to a little bit of it. I got nipples on my titties, big as the end of my thumb. I got something between my legs. I'll make a dead man come. Oh, oh. oh daddy, shame Honey, I feel you. You know what I mean? It's just like, listen to that song and knowing from when it was, Yeah. you know, uh, women have always had these urges, people. You know, this is men, women, humans, people, doesn't matter as you identify it. It's just, it's, it was nice to feel that empowerment and feel her passion in that voice and what she's talking about. Uh, I love that. And then you think of, you know, people now, Megan the Stallion is doing this in a different kind of way. We have the Cardi B's, you know, and then before her, uh, you know, Lil Kim and, and, and different people like that. So it's just nice to hear how that uh, almost a pinpoint of where I can uh, track evolution of the females talking about our sexuality. <laughs> Mike and Richard, do you I have ha- anything to add to that? <laughs> Uh, plus one. <laughs> <Okay>. Thumbs up. <laughs> uh, what kind of thumbs? As big as my nipples. <laughs> uh, we have our last song story from Mike. No. <laughs> is it my? It's my turn. 
I think it has to be. Oh, it has to be. <laughs> it has to I be. Can't this is track. it. Um, so, we did this last year. Oh, no, no, I meant I don't, this, is, this is the only place to no, go. And, this is, and it's an amazing pivot, really. Um, so you mentioned earlier that we hadn't done a live show this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's actually not true. Ah. And the discerning listener, people who've listened to the last couple episodes, will know that you know we had Clay Motley on, Dean of the Honors College at FGCU. He's writing a book about Clarksdale, Mississippi. His um, recommendation at the end was a guy named Roger Stoley, who would have been last Last week's episode, um, who runs a store in Clarksdale, Mississippi. He said, you should really get him on. He knows a lot. He's been there for 20 years. He's kind of an ambassador for the blues. He kind of helped revive the town. People who listened to last week's episode will know this. And that's because I was getting ready to go on a road trip to San Antonio to visit a friend. I had eight days off. And so I decided I was going to drive to Clarksdale, Mississippi from San Antonio and make this happen. And we did make it happen. I went to San Antonio um, just missed snowpocalypse, literally mm-hmm. ran into freezing yeah. rain on my way out of town. So I took an entirely different route to miss the giant snowstorm on its way. But the reason I bring it up, and I'm glad you've, we've said a couple times the word coincidence on this show today, because I experienced one of the greatest coincidences I've experienced in a, lo- in a long time while I was in San Antonio. So my friend Milty works downtown. He took me down there to show me where he works in his office building, took me across the street to this old hotel because that's where he gets his hair cut. It's got a hundred and something year old hotel um, barber shop down in the bottom. It's super cool. So I got to meet his barber. And people who listened to last week's episode with Roger Stoley, I'm getting all time travel-y here, um, uh, will have heard like a 10 second version of this story. But basically what happened is as we were leaving, Milty was like, you know, there's a plaque on the wall down here by this other exit. Uh, let's go look. It has something to do with the blues. And there's this plaque on the wall with a couple like boxes in the wall with glass that have memorabilia in them. There's a record there. And I go up and I read the plaque and Clay Motley's second story was about Robert Johnson's recording of a song called come on in my kitchen. It was one of only a few songs that he recorded and he recorded it in that hotel in 1936 (laughs) in that hotel. It was only one of a handful of recordings. And suddenly I'm like, are you kidding me? Like the whole reason I'm leaving tomorrow to go to Clarksdale, Mississippi is because we had Clay Motley on. And this was and so what we listened to in the studio during his episode, the sound was captured mm-hmm. in that hotel. And I was just like, I looked at Milty and we were just both like, mine. take a blown. picture of it. Boo. Yeah, I did. He me I did. Yeah. I texted you oh, guys. Oh, you did text yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah, right. I'm like, come on, come on, Wayne. You yeah. were there. That's Tara. right. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so I just, um, you know, it's the fun that we get to have. I got to go to Clarksdale, Mississippi. I got to do the thing. It's just, this show is awesome. I'm so glad I get to do it with you guys. Let's listen to it. time travel because recording back then was so simple you know it was just a microphone and you know sound went through the air and then it got scratched onto a record in real time you know that was not put on tape that was etched into a record that was then copied uh and there's copies still today and apparently what they did was they had two rooms they had him in one room and they had the you know engineers in the other room and it was one of only two recording sessions he ever did before he passed away at the age of 27 so uh a blues moment on the show I, I mean, time travel is the theme there. You know, you can hear like it's like you can hear the time between now and then when you listen to it. And um, Clay also told us something really cool that just kind of like the trivia thing for my brain was that uh, in the middle of a the song, there's a part where he's kind of talking mm-hmm. like he's kind of just saying stuff. 
And that's one of the only recordings of Robert Johnson ever not singing. Like, oh, wow. like because he only did whatever twenty odd songs. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it's it's not like he was at any point like nationally famous during his recording period. So like they didn't have like a lot of tape of him. So that's the only part we know what he sounds like. So yeah, it's mm. really good. Um, I I love that you went to see Milty. Yeah. And then you got to. <laughs> when I was, he took me of a, on a tour real quick of his neighborhood yeah. in a go, in his golf cart, and you know it was like forty degrees, you know it was cold, and I said, and I've joked about that's Fahrenheit him. for you and yeah. national people. Yeah, I, I've joked with him about this since, but um, I said, does it ever snow here? And he says, you know, no, <laughs> you know, we, we we moved here about ten years ago, and I think it snowed about a half inch, like like five years ago or How's something like that. Yeah, is he doing okay? And I was like, oh, you know, it's great. He's like, yeah, you know, the palm in my yard, you know, it's good to, it's good to, thir- you know, 28 degrees oh, or something. Oh, that's dead. And, um, and so, yeah, he, he, him and his family spent three days without power or gas with, you know, just... Is just, it back for them or do they... Uh, no, they've been back for about 36 hours. Okay. But they spent three days, uh, you know, he showed me, they, he did a thing, I posted a picture, it said, go Pinterest. And it was his feet up by like eight little tea light candles with two cinder blocks next to him and a upside down terracotta pot on top mm. and it was a foot warmer yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right um speed Genius. speed round um speed round. <laughs> so giggly today if you could hear any song again for the first time which like, song would it be of that was a question me, me no i just more about none of our guests of just no no me. any song if you could if you could like ooh, i get to listen to that like the first time i've never heard it before again Probably in Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3 by Coheed and Cambria. It starts out with this amazing guitar. It's like, dun, 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 right? And it's just an epic song. Um, and it's one that I referred to. And I think I referred to it in my episode, but it wasn't a song that I chose. Um, but it's like, my, uh, I've heard sometimes the songs and going to concerts as going to church and it being that kind of a spiritual experience hmm, I remember you talking me. about, yeah. Uh, and yeah, so probably that song just because of the complete frisson that I get from listening to it for sure. Okay. Uh, it would be the first song and then I get to listen to the whole album again for the first time of Dark okay. Side of the Moon. Yeah, listen uh, to the whole album. Yeah, too. right. I mean, sitting down, not knowing that, getting to listen to it in headphones for the first time. Yeah. So, um, especially with headphones, right? Yeah. That, on that song, um, for me, uh, probably always with you, with me, um, by Joe Satriani. Oh, okay. It's um, it's it's totally instrumental, but it was the it was like the first time that I realized. Um, as like a like an early teenager, like what a guitar is capable of in a way that I had never experienced, and I was like, oh wow, like I could play that, or somebody can play that. I could do that. Then if if he can do it, then I can do it. And it really drove me to like want to be better. Um, and it and it it just did it because of I couldn't believe that that was something you could do with an instrument. And so um, if I could hear it again for the first time. You know, it's just great having your mind blown. All right. I have also here. I have a question I want to ask oh, you guys please. eventually one day, but or one day in this episode, which would be yeah. fun. Do you want me to ask you now? Okay, cool. Uh, are there any sort of, I hate, I hate, that's a strong word. I'm not a big fan of calling songs or music guilty pleasures because I think you like what you like and just yeah. own the fact that you like that. Uh, but do you have any kind of guilty pleasure songs that you absolutely love, but maybe you think people think you're kind of like a loser or lame for absolutely adoring it? You've asked exactly the right question at the, exactly the right part of this show because I have something queued up here, but that Ooh. means that we have to go Mike, then you, then me. That's fine, yeah. Mike. 
I don't know the answer to that. I think you might own like, all the no, songs you listen I, I to. I don't know. I just feel like maybe there's just some kind of like pop, poppy song or some kind of weird song that Mike likes a lot that he just people wouldn't expect that he really like will turn and turn up to turn I on. I sometimes and, do jam out to Baby Shark. Okay, he admitted it finally that Baby Shark is his I'm jam. Lying. He's lying. I'm totally lying. See, well, that's lame. But I got um, nothing. I'm trying. I'm not okay. not trying. What about uh, you belong? Uh, you belong to me, Taylor Swift. No, I don't, I don't listen to that. Okay. I mean, I heard it on the second episode we recorded. Yeah. <laughs> Mike's immune to the <laughs> pop rays. That's true. And, and, like the, and then like the music-y trivia, kind of like some things. He's just kind of like, no. no okay. I, would, I would embrace it. I mean, you That's, know. That's what I'm saying. I think you own probably all of the... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tara. Uh, mine, I think... Guilty pleasures. Well, and it, again, it's just this song. It's called um, Rude by a band called Magic. And it just goes... The whole premise of the song is this guy <laughs> who's asking this uh, his girlfriend's or significant other's uh, father to marry her. Mm-hmm. And then... The guy just says no, and his response is, why you got to be so rude? And that's the chorus of the song. Who's it, it by? It's by a band called Magic. I think exclamation point is in it. And it's just like, why you got to be so rude? And I sing it. Oh, I've all. heard that song. I cannot stop. I love it so much. But it's also kind of a song story as well, because our friend group that we have, we all these fun parties and things I've alluded to in the past um, we they they would just, there's a span of time where we turn the song on all the time. And it became like... you. It, Liking it for fun and making fun of it, and then I, I genuinely love it now, though. I really, really do. Okay. I'm gonna marry her anyway. Like, forget it. I love it so much, and I, it gets stuck in my head on the regular. And I just, and people who know me would probably not assume that I would be jamming out to that song all the time. Okay. Well. <laughs> Uh, this is my answer to your question, and I had this ready before I even knew you were going to ask that nice. question. So buckle up. Now you've heard it. <laughs> what a great coincidence. <laughs> What the fox say? Fox, F-O-X, right? Yeah, what the fox say? Okay. It's like yeah. goth brooks. Like goth brooks. All right. That was fun. Uh, okay. The cocktail. <laughs> it's going to bounce around in there, by the way. Um, all right. Cocktail question. Um, let's go Mike, me, you. Uh, Jim Beam and Diet Mountain Dew in a plastic cup on ice. What's it It's called? a Jim Dew. The Jim Dew. Jim Beam Mountain Dew, plastic cup on ice. Um, let's see. Richard's cocktail is probably going to be, um, you start with an you start with an old-fashioned, and then you add an ounce and a half of ginger beer. And so I'm going to call it, uh, naming is hard. I like that this was it's your so question. mean to people. <laughs> I don't, I don't prepare for my own questions, questions. But I just love it. That he knew he was going to ask us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Um, I feel like there's a pun somewhere in here. Uh, the Richard Chinqui moment. The Queen of the Ginger Queen. Yeah. No. That has a bad ring to it. It's not a good ring to it at all. But that's what it is now. Sorry. People are going to think, people would think I'm redheaded. Yeah. What's wrong with that? 
No, I think they're gonna think that I. Um, I would say I would say it is the aged ginger. The aged ginger. Yeah. They're still gonna think you're redheaded. But, oh right, you're right. Uh. Parentheses ginger queen. Ginger queen. Okay, fine. Regardless, you're redheaded, Richard. Um, you're redheaded. <laughs> um, okay, uh, mine will be called the Moria Midnight, um, yeah. and it will be champagne, gin. And blood orange soda from mm. Whole Foods that I found recently. That's um, good, right? And then that is, that's just pretty much it. Okay. You can put like a zest of a citrus in there if you'd like to. Dealer's choice on that. Dealer's choice of <laughs> okay. the citrus garnish. All right. Um, the Moria Midnight. I only have one question left. And it's What's the, the hard, say? it's the hard question. Oh. Oh, we get to answer that? Yeah. And I'm going to go, we'll go the other way. So Tara... So do you remember your three songs? Mm-hmm. I assume. So in our parameter, then that it wouldn't exist for the person who explained that, right? So that song story that would never happen to them, too, right? That, like that's how yeah, it works. Okay. The story as it happens. All right, explain the question. Okay, yeah, yes, true. Yeah. Okay, if you're a first time listener, we ask our guests at the end of the episode to pick between their three songs, uh, one of three things to happen to each of them. Um, one of their songs they can protect for the future, so it will always be like popular, and people will know it and hear it and be aware of it. Uh, one of the songs. Uh, is the only song that person gets to listen to for the rest of their life. They never get to listen to other music. Um, and then the third song, they delete from history. And as such, um, any ramifications of that song existing also go away. Tara. It's so much more painful because go. I'm dealing with someone else's memories, you know? Yeah. Whereas when we ask the guests, you're dealing with your own memories. So you're kind of sorting it that way. So in my head, I'm, I always think of things too deeply, obviously. <laughs> but Okay. Uh, the song that everyone will be able to listen to forever and ever and that goes on and on. Would be Shave Them Dry. I'm going to keep that song forever. I want everyone to know no, that No, that no, 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 no. Not huh? the songs here. What? what? Your song. Oh, the ones I picked in mind? Because my... this song, this question. Oh, I was thinking about uh, I, thought... I was on the okay. wrong page, too. All right. So, so I'm going to pause your brains and reset them. Oh, in Because my... this, this question didn't exist oh, when right. we did our episodes. Okay, I understand. I hardly remember my three songs. I remember I mine. can look them up. <laughs> um, um, I have that power. All right. Now okay, that I Okay, okay. No, I, I got that one. I've got that my one. My song story. So... I've got them. I've okay. got them. Okay. All right, then Mike, you go first, then. Um, well, actually, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I have two of them, but I want to make sure that the... Tara, do you need your songs? Sure. Okay, well, I can start while you're looking. Yeah, what are my songs? Um, I remember them, I think. So what, my, my second song was uh, Moxie Fruva's Bargainville, or maybe it was my first song. I don't know. Um, it was It's a song by one of my favorite bands that was really impactful on my life. And um, I told the story about how it was important to me, but it was also important to my daughter because we grew up singing it together. It was one of the things we bonded over in the car. Um, I'm going to make that the only song I get to listen to again. I think you could listen to Video Bargainville I can listen over to and that. over and over oh, no, again. No, BJ Don't Cry. Oh, BJ Don't Cry. Right. That's fair. Over and over. I may have said video bargain bill, but it's BJ. Don't That's cry. the album. Um, and then what was my Chuck? It was like, um, it was my 1950s song. Oh, I'm looking at Tara's stuff now. Hold on. All right. <laughs> I was, all right pause. Pause. Tara? Yeah. I'm going to tell you your song so I can move off of this. I folder. appreciate it. Uh, you have Cemetery Drive. Yeah. Proud Mary. Mm-hmm. Three Evils. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mike Canary. The last episode of year one. We tell a lot of song stories, get it, they're, our they're, listeners. They're, oh, so. uh, you had you had Roll Over Beethoven <laughs> and Fiddlesticks. Okay, yeah, yeah. So uh, Roll Over Beethoven, uh, you know, talked about when I was a kid. So let me see. Um, I'm going to definitely get it struck, struck from existence. And then I guess, huh, now, mm-hmm. now, I'm, now, I'm, now I'm perplexed. I'm going to switch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
BJ Don't Cry becomes the one that is guaranteed perpetuity. And then the fiddlesticks is going to be what I guess I listen to for the rest of my life. But it is time travel back to an important time in my life. It was a live recording of yeah. a band called Fiddlesticks that came in Liquid Cafe back when we had that. And so it was like time travel back to that moment. And they are prodigious musicians. Um, you know, listening to it would be a treat. So I guess that'll become music for me. But I guess I'll always be dwelling on the past. <laughs> and a live recording uh, I'm going to flip them back I'm going to make sure Fiddlesticks makes it into the future and I okay. get to listen to BJ Don't Cry I think that's a great song to, to have over and over again uh, I'm going to go because I can't I can't t- talk last and then end this show so um, uh, I had Enter Sandman um, Lon Lon Ranch from uh, um, Ocarina of Time and uh, Tank and um I'm going to go, this is probably going to be familiar for like what we hear from guests, but like, I think I could probably drop Enter Sandman um, from history, even though like it kind of thrust Metallica into the mainstream. That black album was like their like baby's first Metallica album for a lot of people. And so Enter Sandman was like the one that, that hooked a lot of people, but I feel like they would have been okay without it. It's a great song. Oh no. Oh no. I have to take that back. Because part of that's that's the the story of that is the first time uh, you, your wife yeah I, to, yeah, yeah I was flirting with Chrissy through <laughs> rock music yeah that'd be like the monkey paw suddenly yeah. Richard's like I'm not married I went I looked at the song and not the memory so yeah that's um, not a surprise I was like all right oh this is this is actually super rough then um oh no <laughs> why did I put this on the sheet this is a terrible question um, this is all of our guests say this to us they don't like it yeah you um, could have had another you could have had another lullaby okay no I, I don't want another lullaby <laughs> um, okay it's gonna be it's it's. Oof, this is really hard this is so fun um okay it, if Tank never existed I'd be okay I think that Yoko Kano is a genius and I think that Cowboy Bebop would be on it, would be fine without it. And as such, I would have heard like a jazz song that would have been probably equally impactful. Moreover, despite wanting to listen to it over and over again, because that's the end, like that's that song is really good to listen to over and over again. I just I don't think I could stand like history without the other two. I think that I would protect Lon Lon Ranch for the future um, because uh, I think there's something really gorgeous about it and that I think like other people can find it and should find it. Um, and then, um, yeah, I could listen Just to bang in your head all the rest for of the rest life. of my life. I understand man. With a wife. Go with my wife. She's, she's into it. <laughs> so with my, wife. with my wife. Oh my gosh. That's the only time I'll do that. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. Tara, please. Tara, please help us. Uh, so cemetery drive by my chemical romance. I told that song story and it was a ghost story. So that one I will, can, I can eliminate. It's a great story. I love that story. It's a cool song. I can eliminate that. I would love for everyone to always be able to listen to Proud Mary uh, mm. by Tina Turner. That song reminds me of my grandmother who influenced and shaped me to be the woman that I am today. The creepy, loving to dress up and do awesome things. I mean, if it wasn't for my grandmother, Moria Midnight most likely would not have existed or at all. 
Uh, so I would love that to be listened to by everyone. It's a great song as well. Even though it makes me cry and listen, uh, brings me back to a very emotional time, it's still a very impactful time. And I'll forever listen to Three Evils by Coheed and Cambria. Yeah. Uh, it's a good song. It's a banger, as the kids say. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's a good song. Um, and the memory I have with it, uh, I thought was nice. I, it, I explain a story in which I punch a, a boy in the face. Um, so that's a great story. <laughs> uh, reminding you to never let a man try to tell you what to do or how to act and, uh, you know, discourage you from being who you are or anyone for that matter right on. so yeah that's what i would go for plus one plus, plus one thumbs up <laughs> mike do you have any final thoughts i'm going to end with your your final thoughts for the year uh-huh. uh, no i just i'm so glad we get to keep doing this um if you are a listener please spread the word we experience pretty substantial growth over year over year so we're loving that we're going up and up and up and still going up um and you know do all the stuff that tara always tells me to do about getting you to get us yeah. find us on facebook and instagram and stuff like that and the more that. you share it you know that's how we, <clears throat> that's how people find out about us and uh and yeah onward and upward we make three song stories in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Richard Chinqui is co-creator and producer. Tara Callaghan is online content producer and hosts. Christoph is his executive producer. Our theme song was created by Dave, Dave, Dave Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. You can hear our parting tune this week is our tasty, tasty theme song that, in case you hadn't noticed yet, riffs on the Schoolhouse Rock song, Three is a Magic Number. We kind of can't believe we're already embarking on year four. Thank you so much for spending some time with us on our fantastic song story ride. Remember, support art in all its forms in your life and your world. If nothing else, I truly believe that what we do here clearly demonstrates how important it is to life and to living. Thanks to everyone for listening, and remember to share this show with your friends. And also remember that you can now support us at threesongstories.org, where you can also listen to past episodes and even send us a song story of your own. Do not forget to smash that like, subscribe button. It's how we know that you like the content that we're bringing you three years in with Three Song Stories. Also, find us on social media. You can find Three Song Stories on Facebook and Instagram at Three Song Stories. So like and follow and subscribe and do all the things. Also, share with a friend. Keep listening. Next time on Three Song Stories. Man, if you can get high schoolers on rollerblades and roller skates and create ramps, uh, I thought imagine that the, the liability of, oh, like, of like high schoolers building ramps for other high schoolers to skate on.